social media platforms facebook twitter instagram and youtube once again at sports on chicago on all social media platforms facebook twitter instagram and youtube and if you want to catch the audio version of this podcast second series course you can do so by subscribing to war on anchor we're available on all podcast platforms including that iheart radio app so make sure you type in that search engine box of those podcast platforms w-a-r-r on anchor and you can follow the guys at war media at w-a-r-r media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Once again, at WAR Mia, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We're not unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any comments or questions on any of our topics during today's show, during our two hour extravaganza, you can go to Facebook.com or Chicago Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or you can go to sports of chicago on youtube type in your questions or comments in the comments section lakina will get them up on the screen for you but if you decide to troll and or do something stupid lakina will give you the bear down boot okay <laughs> speaking of giving uh the bear down boot just in case you guys have been living under a rock changes have been made so far at hallis hall as the bears finished the 2021 regular season uh with the six and 11 mark matt Nagy who was fired earlier today, along with GM Ryan Pace. So both those guys are out the door. Matt Nagy was the head coach of the Chicago Bears from 2018 to 2021. Out of his four years in a, as the Bears' helm, he went to the playoffs twice out of those four years and won the division in 2018 with a 12-4 mark, out blasting the Minnesota Vikings in the Green Bay Packers. Ryan Pace was headed out, the, uh, uh, got the boot, and so he's out the door as well. Looking at we talked about this all season long that uh, Matt Nagy, he just wasn't the right coach for this team. And we'll go over some of the infractions and some of the um, idiosyncrasies that has happened under his tenure. Ryan Pace, we know about his history, Lakina. But for me, if you're a Bears fan, this is a great day for you. Of course, on the human side, you don't want anybody to lose their job, especially at this time of year. No time is a good time to lose your job, but you know this as well as I do, Lakina. This is a, this is a business, and th- things like this happens all the time. So, uh, the Bears are just going to have to move forward and conduct their search. How will the organization restructure? We don't know, but it's time to move forward, and this is the first step of perhaps, perhaps to be a, a quick. Not want to say a quick turnaround, but a much needed turnaround up there at Hallis Hall. Yeah, it's one of those things where you really didn't expect it. It was if but when it came out at about eight something this morning even though they're mm-hmm. though they had their their exit uh meetings and interviews at about nine so news came out about mad at about eight about a quarter after 8 a.m this morning and then about five five ten minutes after that you know the pace news came down the pike so yeah it's one of those days where yeah you figured that the bears were gonna have to clean house especially after what you what you know what happened yesterday some of the, you know, the just the, the only thing that was missing was the circuits music. You know, we won't, we're not going to go into the game because I'll be honest, I didn't watch a single second of that game. And judging by the tweets, I made the right decision. So I was, you know, fine with that. And, and look, it's going to be very interesting to see if, you know, what direction do they take? Do they take a more, 
you know, do they go younger? You know, do they do a more analytical guy? Do they, you know, go with someone who's a little more seasoned? You know, do they bring Vic Fangio back? Because remember, he got let go over in Denver. Mm-hmm. Will he come? Will they bring him back as DC? So it's a, a lot of questions to be answered. And it looks like, um, you know, the Ted Phillips, you know, it was like he's going to be promoted upstairs, you know, even further upstairs, maybe handling the business side of stuff, you know. If there go is, finish that deal for Arlington Heights. Yeah, you know, or maybe try to get try to get a some space for you know, for a new Chicago uh say to host the Bears. But you know, it's one of those things where you sort of say to yourself, okay, you know, apparently this person is gonna report straight to George McCaskey. Now, what will happen after that? I mean, that's that's gonna be up for debate. And so it's this is sort of when it sort of gets a little bit interesting, but Again, I, I think if you if you're a Bears fan, yes, you're you're happy and you know yeah, they're cleaning house or whatever. But at the same time, though, okay, what happens? You know, there have been names that have been come that have came up about who would, you know, the you know GMs and stuff and different coaches. You know, Byron Leftwich and you know guys like that. You know, maybe Adam Gase making a look at. I know some people said Jim Harbaugh. I still don't think that there's anything any truth to that. Even though some stuff that came about, came out about it on the week over the weekend, I still don't think this. I think he's just a just just a ploy to get more money out of Michigan. Even is you know we'll get to some of the other uh, coaching coaching fires in a second, but it's sort of you know there's still a lot you know, to be written, and it's good it's going to be interesting to see what direction they decide to go. You're listening to Second City Sports right here live in a living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See Lakina here with you. Uh, we're talking about Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace both getting the boot from the Chicago Bears. Both those gentlemen have been relieved of their duties. Lakina, remember we were doing our radio show a couple years ago and we started to see some of the unrailings of uh, head coach Matt mm-hmm. Nagy during the 2019 season. I said to you in our former co-host, Jason Pfeiffer, and I talked about if I saw Matt Nagy on the streets, I would shake his hand. But at the same time, we uh, starting with that the uh, with that playoff game in 2018 against Philadelphia. We saw it during the 2019 season, the uh, that season which they underachieved went eight and eight. We saw it last year, where which they barely made the playoffs after starting five and one, and it reached his ugly head this year. Matt Nagy's teams were undisciplined. And some of the players started to do their own thing, like former Bear Anthony Miller, Javon Wims, and some of the other guys. And remember, Lakina, after the New Orleans game in 2019, uh, some of the people, uh, some of the Bears players, including Allen Robinson, uh, went after some of the local media, uh, personally on via his Twitter page, i.e. Cameron Smith, i.e. our guy Jay Hood as well, our guy Cameron Smith as well. And so some of the players from that 2018 team couldn't handle success. It carried over into the next season. And we talk about it all the time that came about setting the culture, setting the tone. Matt Nagy had a culture, all right. Uh, was it the players running the asylum? Mm-hmm. We know his uh, his motto is be you. But it seemed to me like uh, some of the players got away with some of the things that well, if they were on other teams, they couldn't get away with. And that's the problem I had. And we saw this very closely the last two-plus years, Lakina, on the field. How many false starts? How many uh, timeouts, unnecessary timeouts that were called then did the need to be called because you couldn't manage a, a damn play clock? And this saw- is stuff that people don't want to talk about as much. You and- want to talk about the win loss record, fine. And that's what we are, that's what the coaches are judged on at the end of the day. But some of the little things that, that people are not paying attention to, and, and that counts as well. Yeah, it's also, you know, we saw. If you saw uh, some of the highlights yesterday, that's, that's what I did uh, yesterday. I saw some of the highlights mm-hmm. from that Vikings game. You know, the, the four for one, they took a timeout, 
And Dalton, I, I don't know who he was trying to throw it to. I don't know if that was Robinson or Mooney he was trying to throw it to. But, of course, you know, Patrick Peterson being the veteran uh, safety that he is, you know, intercepted the guy's first pick six, six of the season. So, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, that kind of is a microcosm of this whole Bears regime. So, yeah, it, it's sort of, you know, it's, it's just one of those things. Look, we'll have plenty of time to talk about it in time because this, this literally just happened this morning. It may take, it will probably take two or three weeks, you know, with the Super Bowl and everything. So we probably won't hear any big news. You know, if, if you want to, you know, interview a Leftwich or Nathaniel Hackett, you know, so, you know, I, I doubt he's going to want to come to with a rival, but uh, I think he's got a pretty good gig in the, with the Packers right now. But it, it's it's definitely, you know, it'll be a couple of weeks before we actually hear anything. You know, do they mm-hmm. do they hire a president of, of football operations first? Do they hire a GM first? Are they going to, you know, is there going to be different channels they're going to have to go through? So, yeah, I know Lewis Riddick, but if you're Lewis, Lewis mm-hmm. Rick, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of mess that you have to clean up. I mean, I think the I think your uh, Monday Night Football gig is actually a pretty better <laughs> is a better gig. I know he's a, has has said that. Well, it's the Bears, you know, of course. But you know, mm-hmm. it's, the way things are right now, the, the state of this team. I mean, look, there's going to be a lot of money they're going to have to come off the books. I mean, you know, you, we know A. Rob's gone. We know Hicks mm-hmm. is gone. Um, you know, Trevathan's probably gone too. There's going to be a lot of money they're going to have to come off the books. So you may have some money to work with. Unfortunately, you don't have a first round pick. You're gonna have to do your old redo your old line again, you know, move guys around. Mm-hmm. You may have to get another wide receiver, you know, you may have to get another special teams guy. So there's still look, this team is still a mess. So I, I think people need to kind of like, you know, it's not like these this team's like three or four, this team's a good three or four years away from being a playoff contender. Bears fans, what do you think about the move for Matt uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace uh, both being gone? You can put your uh, questions or comments in the comment section on Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Put your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, I'm glad you brought up the point. Is now we want to go to uh, restructuring of this Bears organization. I assume that they're going to hire a GM slash player personnel first. Let's just say they hired a player personnel guy first. Let's just say, for example, Lewis Reddick, you just brought up a moment ago. If he decides to hire a GM or or, or a partner in crime, which is your GM. And this is the million dollar question I brought up to you from last offseason until now. If you're George McCaskey or Ted Phillips, are you co- completely going to stay out of the way and let the player personnel person do its thing? And I think that's going to be sort of the key. I, I think if you're in the interview process, if you're a guy like Riddick, you know, guys like that, or Rick Spielman, we'll talk about him in a second. You may want to say, "Hey, you know, how much are, am I? Okay, you're gonna, re- I'm gonna report back to you, but are you gonna let me do my job?" So I think that's mm-hmm. gonna be the million dollar question, you know, with all this stuff coming up. Now, do you try to get a, a football operations person, you know, at the top, you know, get, you know, hire him first, you know, then maybe hire the GM, and after that, so it, it's just, it's one of those things where you, you know, it's gonna be, this is gonna be where all this is sort of gonna manifest, and I, I'm wondering though, I guess, like what, you know, what's gonna be the key? Are we interested to see? You know, especially we'll we'll hear uh, George's uh, presser at one o'clock. We'll have we'll we'll try to get you some uh, coverage of that. I don't mm-hmm. want to get too much into it because we got other stuff to talk about. But mm-hmm. I know this is like a like a Bears thing, but look, still, you know, you, we got the Bulls, you know, the NBA, and also of course, we got also got a national championship to preview. So you know, it's yes, it's a happy day for Bears fans, but what now? I think that's going to be the question. Uh, if you were in charge of the uh, the Chicago Bears, Lakina, what type of coach would you hire for this team? 
I, I don't know. I mean, you tried, you, you tried to do the offensive guru. That didn't work. You, you did the defense. Mm-hmm. You, you used like a defensive guy, like a Lovey Smith. That worked for a little bit, but you know, in mm-hmm. the end, it just, you know, it kind of, you know, when things kind of went off the rails. You know, you got a special teams guy. You got the young, you know, hotshot young, you know, coordinator. So it really, you know, at this point, it, it's sort of open ended. So because we, you tried all three and it didn't work long term. So <laughs> that's gonna be kind of like, you know, okay. So do you kind of like, you know. You know, rip the playbook out cl- completely clean and start over. That's a that's a whole nother thing. Yeah, and I I think that's the mil- other million dollar question that's going around right now. What's your philosophy if you're the Chicago Bears organization? We we know for a long time going through the history of the the charter franchise of the National Football League it's always been running the ball and playing strong defense. In today's NFL, you better score over thirty points or more per ball game, or else. Uh, your history, you got to have some sort of defense, some sort of balance on your roster. And watching this Bears team over the last thousand years, <laughs> and just but just focusing on the Matt regime, which is now over, this team could barely score 20 points a game. That should not be allowed in today's NFL with all the offensive rules uh, advantages towards the offensive players. Can I get at least 27 points per game, Lakina Stern, from the bottom to the top? Can at least get that, whoever the mm-hmm. coach is? Because it shouldn't be that damn hard to score 27 points per uh, points per game. Look at what San Francisco did yesterday. We'll review that game against the Rams coming up in the next half hour. But look at teams like San Francisco, even though they don't pass the ball like aerial style, like the old St. Louis Rams teams did 20-plus years ago, they can still muster up over 27 points per game. Look at a team like Cincinnati, who has better talent, offensive talent on paper than have these teams, and they could score 30 points a game. Why can't the Bears do that? Yeah, it's sort of, you know, they only scored 33 touchdowns this year. So I think that's just sort of a, a microcosm. And the turnover ratio was minus 13. The defense had their moments, but, you know, they, you know, gave them a lot of big plays. So, you know, you're, you're probably going to have to start kind of like, you know, wipe this, you know, kind of like rip everything out and wipe it clean and start over again on all sides of the ball. Because, yes, you've got some players, but, you know, um, you know I think uh, I heard Chris Mortensen say in a couple of interviews earlier that, you know, a former bear, I'm not talking about Jim Harbaugh, isn't really a consideration that they're zeroing in, in, zeroing in on. That's Leslie Frazier. So, you know, I mean, look, you know, he was part of those 80s Bears teams. He was part of, you know, the 85 Bears, you know, champ, uh, Super Bowl winning team. You know, fortunately, injuries, you know, derailed his career. And, but, you know, he's had a nice career as a coordinator. You know, <laughs> could that work? I, 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 I know he was a former head coach in the Minnesota Vikings the year yeah. that. Adrian Peterson won MVP. That was back in yep. 2012. But Christian Ponder was their quarterback. That just didn't work. No, it didn't. So, it wasn't no, all his fault. But I'm talking about no, Leslie no, Frazier. Yeah. Right, you know. right, right. But yeah, but the, the, the person just wasn't there for the most part. So exactly. You know, you know, his name is going to be thrown around as well. Yeah, you know, they, I, you know, that that rule has been around for for weeks. So we'll see if anything really comes to mm-hmm. that. But yeah, I'm. I mean, you know, to incl- to close this out. I mean, like I said before, we'll you know we'll talk more about it. We'll have a little bit of a George's presser at at, at the top, but you know, to kind of close it out. I mean, you know, this is sort of this is going to be on George now. He's kind of like in the driver's seat mm-hmm. now. He's kind of calling the shots now. So, you know, it's gonna. This is sort of like okay, you know, you're more you're not really a football guy. Are you going to hire a football guy first or whatever? So it, it it's just I, I don't know. It, it, it's just it's all to be continued. 
You're listening to Second City Sports Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. Lakina, before we hit the bottom of the hour break, let's talk about some of the other uh, coaching news from yesterday. Of course, Brian Flores uh, in a shocker. He's out as head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And, of course, as, as expected, Minnesota Vikings said goodbye to Mike Zimmer and GM Rick Spielman, who used to work with the Bears back in the 90s. Of course, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, we haven't heard anything, any news yet, but we expect for them to give Daryl Bevel the, uh, the boot, and they're going to start their new search for a new head coach um, sometime soon. Lakina, the shocker to me was Brian Flores. I know they had a bad loss at Miami, oh, sorry, at Tennessee last week, but this team was one in seven. He got that team back to over 500. They're the only team to beat the New England Patriots twice this year, and he still mm -hmm. gets the axe. He made that franchise relevant. But uh, this is, in my opinion, this goes way beyond Brian Flores. So, of course, he didn't have the uh, the players that he needed to get them to the playoffs. But this goes uh, 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 to a deeper issue with the Miami Dolphins. I, I, and I, I don't think it will be too long before Brian Flores is em employed again. Yeah, it's sort of one of those things where we've heard a lot of, you know, a lot of infighting within, you know, the Dolphins organization. Apparently, Chris Greer, who is a GM, who is going to stay, and, you know, Tua, of course, Apparently there was a lot of clashing there. We heard the rumors about supposedly Flores wanted mm -hmm. them to work on a trade to get the Sean Watson, but then all mm -hmm. his legal problems and such. So that's when everything started manifesting. He didn't use Miles Gaskin enough. So there may have, you know, look, there's always one coaching, you know, you know, firing or whatever that kind of makes you scratch your head. And this is sort of one of the case. I mean, he was four and two against the Patriots, especially mm -hmm. after yesterday. So you kind of wonder, you're like, really, but, you know, I know people want to say, oh, well, you know, because he's a black head coach, you know, they'll get a chance. I mean, look, sometimes it's not just literally black and white. Sometimes it really mm -hmm. is because, you know, because we've seen it happen with with other coaches, too. So I think for people to kind yeah. of go go that route, I mean, I think it's just like the people need to kind of just, you know, slow down for a second. But, yeah, I'm, look, I'm sure he's going to – I know some people say that maybe, you know, he's more suited for a, you know, the coordinator – at least there's a coordinator position, which he's he was for mm -hmm. years. But – you know, it's it's sort of you know in this instance, I think he'll probably get he might get consideration for the Bears. Who knows? He might get consideration for the other coaches that's going to be coming up. So you know, I don't think he's going to be unemployed long. I'll say that. Now, some of the other names that you'll hear around the NFL circles for these new head coaching jobs. Of course, we you talked about Jim Harbaugh, Bill O'Brien. He's working with uh, the off. Uh, the offense with the uh, University of Alabama. As you mentioned, we'll preview that game later on in today's show. But Bill O'Brien's name's been out there. Josh McDaniels, his name is out there. The longtime offensive coordinator with the New England Patriots, one-time Denver Broncos head coach. You know, they went to crap about a decade ago. He almost was the Indianapolis head coach, but uh, money talks, BS walks. So that's why he, uh, that's why he's still there now. I'm talking about McDaniels and Frank Reich is a, a, uh, still the head coach. We'll get to the Indianapolis on the flip side of this. Woo wee, but. Uh, uh, but Josh McDaniels' name is out there, of course. Byron Leverage is out there, uh, offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, you have Ty Bowles, who could have been a, D a D.C. here in Chicago. Bruce Arians would have gotten a job instead of Tressman, but that, that's revisionist history. And so you're going to hear a lot of these uh, um, veteran names out there for head coaching gigs. Well, and also, too, don't forget, like we said, Minnesota also cleaned house of uh, Rick Spielman, mm -hmm. the GM, as well as Mike Zimmer. The head coaches were both given the boot. Not a big surprise considering, you mm -hmm. know, this Minnesota team has underachieved, underachieved the last few years. Some of the personnel decisions, you know, not wasn't very, hasn't been very good. So, you know, 
you know, especially with the look, you know, that Zimmer gave when they mentioned Kellamans perhaps may have started for Kirk Cousins when he was when he had COVID mm-hmm. and couldn't play. You know, that kind of t- tells you something right there. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what Minnesota does because the talent is there in Minnesota. I just don't think the you know the development and the personnel wasn't there. Yeah, we'll see what happens with these teams going forward as they search for new head coaches. Lakina, we had to search for a break because we hit the bottom of the hour as you're listening to Second City Sports live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Brown. On the flip side, we'll review some of the key games that took place in the National Football Week for Week 18. It was the first time Week 18 uh, had games on the schedule. We'll go through some of the key games that took place yesterday because Week 18 was is, was one for the history books, and it sure didn't disappoint. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. The college football playoff this Monday night in Indianapolis. It's Georgia taking on Alabama. The Bulldogs ranked number three in the college football playoff poll. Alabama number one, but the Crimson Tide head into the game as an underdog. Georgia is a three-point favorite. That's no concern for Crimson Tide coach Nick Saban. You know, being an underdog is being an underdog. They have a really good team that's very well respected. We have a tremendous amount of respect for them. You know, it's important for our players to know what they need to do to be able to continue to have success in the next game, regardless of what happened in the last game. Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC title game, but Bulldogs head coach Kirby Smart doesn't see that as a factor. It's really separate from the SEC championship other than obviously everybody will be using that tape to look at matchups and and look at tendencies and things. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. This is the feeling you get when you have a dedicated Fidelity Wealth Planner looking at your full financial picture. Someone working with you on a flexible, comprehensive wealth plan based on your goals, helping you balance risk and reward. It's being able to enjoy today because you have a plan for the future. This is the planning effect from Fidelity. Learn more at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. And now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise, and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. The college football playoff this Monday night in Indianapolis. It's Georgia taking on Alabama. The Bulldogs ranked number three in the college football playoff poll. Alabama number one, but the Crimson Tide head into the game as an underdog. Georgia is a three-point favorite. That's no concern for Crimson Tide coach Nick Saban. You know, being an underdog is being an underdog. They have a really good team that's very well respected. We have a tremendous amount of respect for them. You know, it's important for our players to know what they need to do to be able to continue to have success in the next game, regardless of what happened in the last game. Alabama beat Georgia in the SEC title game, but Bulldogs head coach Kirby Smart doesn't see that as a factor. It's really separate from the SEC championship other than obviously everybody will be using that tape to look at matchups and look at tendencies and things. 
for lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. This is the feeling you get when you have a dedicated Fidelity Wealth Planner looking at your full financial picture. Someone working with you on a flexible, comprehensive wealth plan based on your goals, helping you balance risk and reward. It's being able to enjoy today because you have a plan for the future. This is the planning effect from Fidelity. Learn more at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. And now an important message from Exergen. A critical new FDA study proves that non-contact thermometers are not accurate. They also have inaccurate information on their labels regarding accuracy. New COVID strains are on the rise, and non-contact manufacturers are being irresponsible at a time when accuracy matters. Accurate temperature measurements are essential. Switch to Exergen because they are accurate and backed by over 100 clinical studies. Be sure, be accurate with Exergen. Learn more at exergen.com. And we're back on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, <laughs> along with Cindy Brown on the Kena McGee. Don't worry, folks. There we have, you know, it's not just the Bears that made news. You know, the whole wild NFL Week 18 slate was just a bananas, and you know, it was one for the ages and all the other euphemisms that she used. We won't go through game by game because you know some of them just weren't that important. So we'll get to the later games. I mean, going through you know them real quick. Um. Um, you know, probably the, one of the biggest upsets probably is Jacksonville beating Indy. Now, granted, they this is I think the sixth straight time that Jacksonville has beaten Indy in in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, this is sort of an issue for for Indy. I mean, you had one job, uh, Indianapolis. I mean, you know, you had two chances. You know, Trevor Lawrence had his best game of the season. Clearly, you know, threw for two touchdowns. Yeah, and and you know, and such and. They stacked Carson Wentz, the defense did six times, and just so much weird things. And now they're not going to the playoffs either. Um, I heard, I saw Rich Eisen uh, tweet something saying that, you know, a couple of weeks back, uh, the Colts were the team that nobody wanted to see in the playoffs. Well, now they're not going to the playoffs. No one's gonna, none of us going to see them in the playoffs. So, what did you think about that game, Sid? Yeah, I did get a chance to watch some of that yesterday. As you mentioned, Indianapolis couldn't run the ball, Carson Wentz couldn't establish a any any tempo jacksonville uh they established their own tempo from the world go and as you mentioned trevor lawrence uh, trevor lawrence had his best game of, of the season going for 223 yards to two touchdown passes marvin jones jr uh he was one of the few players that had a that was publicly uh came out and said he had a problem with urban Meyer, our ex-head coach he had seven catches 88 yards in the score but jonathan taylor for the colts lakina only had 77 yards off of 15 carries that's not going to get it done, but they're, they're, the Colts passing game just just wasn't there yesterday. I don't know if it was the weather down there in Florida or they just thought they could just walk in and, and get a victory just like that. But as we talked about Lakina on our show on Friday, we said it for the last couple of weeks. Uh, the last couple of weeks of the NFL regular season is crazy, and we saw another example of that yesterday in Jacksonville. Yeah, we yeah we did. You know, like you said, said oh, only fifteen carries for Jonathan Taylor. You wonder why that wasn't? Why didn't he he didn't get the ball more than there? We we I don't understand why the, the Colts defense. You know they were they were okay, but you know they didn't pressure mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence more. They only had one sack. 
So you wonder what happened to them yesterday. It could have been, you know, they were just going to waltz in and, you know, not probably not knowing the fact that, you know, they had lost the last five, five games at in Jacksonville. Maybe that's why, I don't know, but you know, it's you know, where things happen at the end of the season, you know, this was the case here, but you know, mm-hmm. again, this is just, you know, unfortunately the Colts are going to be going to the golf course. Uh, unfortunately, so probably a big, big upset here. Uh, Tennessee uh, holds off Houston 28-25. Now they're the number one seed in the AFC. Ryan Tannehill threw for four touch, four touchdowns, and yeah, threw for four touchdowns. Also, too, they had to hold off, hold off the, uh, which seems like a pretty solid uh, Texans team. You know, some people will say that they kind of backed in because. You know, they, they, they own some of the tiebreakers with the Chiefs and some of the other teams that they were competing against. You know, they'll have the, the, you know, the, you know, the first round by. So what did you think about this game yesterday? You know, the Titans are like Jacksonville did what they had to do uh, to uh, win their game, clinch the number one seed. Uh, Dante Foreman had 21 carries for 69 yards for Tennessee. Uh, we know that we talked about this on our last show on Friday, that they may be getting Derrick Henry back. He's going to be key to what Tennessee does offensively in the playoffs. I know Julio Jones finally caught his touchdown pass as a member of the Titans yesterday. I know he's been injured all year long for, for the Titans. Here's the thing, Lakina, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the playoff uh, seedings and schedules uh, later on in this, in this segment. But if you're Tennessee, uh, yes, you have home field, but I, I just get the feeling that this uh, is a really, very well-coached team in Mike Vrabel. Well, I'll give them that. But if you're the uh, if you're the rest of the AFC field, including Kansas City, are you scared of them? I'm not. Yeah, I don't think anybody's scared too scared of of Tennessee because I, I think they're so you can you know they you know, they give you the formula on you know, how they can beat them and we'll see we don't know how Derek Henry is going to be once he does come, mm-hmm. if he does come back after the bye so it, it's sort of just you know we just don't know what's going to happen so you know. I know they, they got their butts kicked by the Cardinals earlier this year. They lost to the Jets, too. So, yeah, the, the formula is there. But, I don't, like I said, I don't think anybody – yes, they are worthy, but, you know, are people scared of them? Who I, I don't think so. Yeah, and we talked about it on Friday, Lakina. I said, Ryan Tannehill, he's a very good quarterback when he's hot. But you, you saw yesterday with the, the touchdown pass uh, – four touchdown pass performance. Can we get that in the playoffs? The odds are is uh, the answer is no, but we'll see. Yes, we will. Now let's go to some of these uh, late games. That's when everything started to kind of go haywire. We'll start with New Orleans and Atlanta. New Orleans was hoping that if they would win and the you know the 49ers lose or and the 49ers lose, they would get into the playoffs. Taysom Hill, you know, they lost him to a Liz Frank injury. The the uh, the, the Saints did. Terrazian came in relief. You know, threw for a couple of touchdowns. Alvin Kamara threw for 146 yards, you know, and Matt Ryan, who probably his last game, the Georgia Dome, two, threw for 216 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. They just couldn't get it going with the Falcons, and they the defense, were unfortunately, weren't able to stop the Saints, but, you know, it ended up all for not, but, you know, they did what they could, the Saints did. Yeah, I had my eye on this game. This uh, Don't be fooled by the final score. The Saints were in total control from start to finish. As you mentioned, Alvin Kamara had his best game of the year, over 146 yards off of 30 carries. Uh, the Saints, one of the reasons why they're not going to the playoffs because of uh, the quarterback position they, uh, has been hampered by injuries all year. And Sean Payton, uh, is another name we'll, uh, some people will bring up, could he, uh, could he leave New Orleans to go to another, another team? 
we shall see. Currently, he's on the contract with the Saints, so you had to trade for some compensation. But we said this before, Lakeen, especially the last few weeks, the Saints defense is good. We saw Cameron Jordan get another sack yesterday. Mm -hmm. But uh, they got to get a quarterback down there. So, And that's one. That's the main reason why they're not in the playoffs today. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. And sort of, you know, another you know, a couple of games that they kind of, especially that first game against Atlanta that you probably wonder, you know, sure enough, it mm -hmm. kind of came back to biting them in the butt. Now, um, let's see, uh, Seattle and Arizona, we, really, this, this game really didn't mean anything. I just wanted to come into it because it was sort of one of those strange games. Arizona, mm -hmm. it really didn't mean too much for, for them because unless, you know, other things happen. They were probably mm -hmm. going to be a four. They're probably going to be the five seed regardless. Russell Wilson, if this is his last game with Seattle, nice way to, you know, go out on, on top, you know, 238 yards and three touchdowns. Rashad Penny, who could probably be a guy you could probably build a piece around if Wilson does leave. You know, he rushed for 190 yards and a touchdown. Mm -hmm. Kind of Murray had a, uh, had a touchdown pass, you know. It kind of felt that maybe Arizona was, I don't want to say they were kind of sleepwalking, but I think they felt that, you know, they didn't want to do too much, you know, didn't want to expand too much energy because this game really didn't mean anything to them, but it'd be you know, a nice way to kind of finish up for Seattle. Yeah, at the at the Rams, uh, a Rams loss and a Arizona win would have clinched the division for the uh, Cardinals, I believe. But, of course, that didn't happen. We'll get to the Rams and 49ers in just a moment. But I did watch the majority of this game yesterday via this computer screen. Uh, mm -hmm. It was very entertaining. Uh, I knew that Seattle would put up a fight, but I didn't think that Arizona would, I don't want to say sleepwalk, but it was just uh, the urgency wasn't there in that first half. Now, they picked it, tried to pick it up in that second half, but Seattle just – uh, had a little bit more juice than Arizona. Uh, if there's a team that I'm worried about going to the playoffs is Arizona. We'll get to their matchup in just a moment. Who they'll play uh, next weekend on Wild Card Weekend. But as far as this game is concerned, like you said, Russell Wilson did his thing with Sharp Penny. He's looking for a contract this offseason because the Seahawks didn't pick up his fifth-year option. He's going to get some money somewhere. He's been running that ball hard for the last month or so. So, so But for Seattle, they finished up their uh, season at 7-10. and 10. Russell Wilson, is his future still in Seattle or somewhere else? Uh, that, that question will be answered uh, at some point during this offseason. We will see another – speaking of that Rams 49ers game, probably the one of the wilder games of the of the, uh, the night here. The you know, 49ers were down the you know, 17. They came back to clinch a playoff. Mm -hmm. They ended up clinching the playoff berth. So that ties you know, the, the probably the largest comeback in the season finale to clinch a playoff spot since 90. So, you know, it's just sort of Debo Samuel, you know, the, the guy that can do it all. He can pass, mm -hmm. he can catch, he can run. <laughs> you know, he actually threw for a touchdown pass, but, you know, Garoppolo you know, had another touchdown pass. So it was actually a pretty uh, – actually one of those wild games. You thought for maybe for maybe like the third quarter, you thought that maybe the, the Rams thought that the 49ers were just going to kind of sleepwalk and like, you know, then give up, but mm -hmm. they didn't. And they force overtime, and Avery Thomas, um, you know, had the, the game clinching interception. Yeah, you mentioned the, the Rams had a 17 nothing lead. The 49ers just kept fighting. Their defense was aggressive. They picked off Matthew Stafford twice. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, we thought that he wasn't going to play. He found a way to play. He was 23 of 32 with 316 yards and a touchdown. Elijah Mitchell, who's been running the ball hard for the 49ers over the last six mm -hmm. weeks or so, he had 21 carries for 85 yards. 
Cooper Cup for the Rams uh, finishes uh, the year with a triple crown, leading the NFL in receptions, reception yards, and receiving touchdowns. Mr. Cup had seven catches, 118 yards, and a touchdown early in the game. Did you see Sean McVay running down the other end zone uh-huh. after Cooper Cup scored? I was yeah. like, he, <laughs> he was channeling in his uh, his younger version of Pete Carroll, like, Oh, and the ref had to tell him, go back on your sideline, brother. Just uh, settle down. <laughs> like, too bad the too bad the uh, the uh, the Rams defense didn't have that same energy because I don't know if you paid attention, Lakin, especially in that overtime. You oh, could yeah. tell that that defense was just worn down. They just couldn't believe they gave up a big lead. Yeah, they were they were totally gassed. And look at I think look the 49ers did what. That was that been the pace that they've used the last couple of weeks. That's when they finally mm-hmm. been able to win because of the fact that they went more defense. They went more, you know, run the ball through your, you know, up, you know, up the gut, you know, with Mitch, with Mitchell and Samuel, and also too they were they they sacked you know Matthew Stafford five times. So their defense yeah. was like playing with a little bit more urgency. And I look, I don't know what happened. I don't know, like you said, maybe they, maybe the Rams thought that the 49ers were just going to give up, and they didn't. And now they're going to the. The playoffs and the 49ers are and they you know the the Rams did get the two seed but I mean the three the three seed I should say but mm-hmm. you know it just didn't you know it kind of feels like mm, it just does something doesn't really smell right and and Matthew said like he was banged up too so you really mm-hmm. don't know what to think at this point with the Rams but we'll see like I said before I mean you know everyone you know once you're in a dance you got a chance so Oh, that's a new thing. So when you're in a dance, you got a chance. <laughs> you should coin phrase that one. <laughs> but going back to the Rams, Kenny, we talked about this in our last episode on Friday, last Friday. Mm-hmm. What's been the Rams' problem over the last couple of years? Being out physical, yes. being out man. You saw that in their loss against Tennessee early in the season. We saw that with the 49ers game yesterday, but early in the year on Monday Night Football. The, the teams that have more physical than the Rams, the Rams have problems with. And we saw it again yesterday. Now, they'll... Uh, they'll have to play the cow. Uh, no, they'll have to play Arizona. Arizona, uh, Arizona uh, next Monday. We'll dive deep into that matchup on Friday on our next show on Friday, this coming Friday. But uh, Arizona, uh, we talked about it, Lakina. I, I don't like them going into the playoffs, but this really becomes a, a, a team of which is, who's going to step up. Who's going to step up the most? Because the Rams, they are a better team on paper. They just haven't put it together consistently all season long in Arizona they got off to that hot start they struggled over the last month but but what for the Rams I know, I know they were a pick for a lot of people to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl but the way they played yesterday I don't like their chances well I, I mean look you saw the little killer say when they played Dallas and look you saw what they did to the Rams early in their first meeting so Mm-hmm. I think they, they they kind of played you know the sort of the same use the same formula that the 49ers did yesterday. So you know it's it's one of those things where you sort of say to say to yourself, okay, this could be a really good matchup. That's probably why ESPN picked that matchup for their month for their the special Monday night you know playoff edition. It'll be the first time in history that you know, there's going to be a playoff game you know, game played on a Monday night. Again, we'll get to that you know on Friday. But you know I, I just. It's, it's sort of one you just don't know. This is definitely going to be a coin flip game, no doubt. They split, their, of course, their season series. These two know these two teams know each other well. You know, the coaches know each other pretty well. So it, it really is going to be like you know. I think they're. I think look, actually, I think the, the Cardinals. I think were more ready, and plus they, they they play better on the road than they do at home. 
They've lost. Yeah, their I last saw that graphic yesterday during the game for the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. they've lost their last four or five games at home, so maybe being on the road is probably a good thing for them to start the playoffs. So that might actually be a good thing for them. So yeah, I mean, this this is probably going to be the the game of the of the weekend, I think. But again, we'll we'll talk about that as we get closer mm -hmm. and closer to the uh, the playoffs. You're listening to Second City Sports live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago on the Monday, on a Black Monday, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown as we review some of the key games from yesterday from week 18, which was historic. Lakina, let's get to the game of the night uh, from Sunday Night Football. I wish this game, it came real close to ending in a tie, but it did not work out that way. It was the Las Vegas Raiders up ending the Los Angeles Chargers, as we call them, the San Diego Chargers or Los Angeles on this show, 35-32 to 32 at the gun in overtime. Justin Herbert, 34-64 for 383 yards and three touchdown passes for the Chargers. Josh Jacobs for the Raiders had 26 mm -hmm. carries, 132 yards and a score. Mike Williams had a couple of clutch catches for the Chargers. Mm -hmm. Nine catches, 119 yards, and a touchdown. Lakina, I'm going to address the elephant in the room right now. Before the Raiders uh, kicked that game-winning field goal, you're saying the San Diego Chargers head coach, why are you calling a timeout on third down? You just gave the Raiders a break. That was stupid. Well, and also to uh, Derek Carr and Steve Asasio both said, you know, in their pressure, I know, I know Derek Carr said in his interview Michelle, with Michelle Tafoya afterwards, not too long afterwards, that, yeah, it definitely changed the mindset when he called that timeout. You know, there were other things, mistakes he made, but, you know, again, we'll get that in our studs and duds, but, you know, what, what were you thinking? We were this close. Everybody mm -hmm. was saying, yeah, you know, look, okay, fine, we're going get, to get to the tie. Both teams are going to make the playoffs. You know, cool. You know, mm -hmm. everybody, you know, let's get it going. But it, it, I, I know some people say, oh, well, he was trying to set up guys. I mean, there were 11, there were 11 guys there. And I, I know people want to say, well, well, they were going to. They we're gonna try and you know maybe perhaps maybe go for it. You know, I think I know Josh Jacobs, we all went for 10 yards like after a penalty and such. But mm -hmm. y'all were cheering for the tie. Just admit it. Like don't, don't try to be, you know, all <laughs> fun, you know, traditionalist and funny, say, oh well, then you play to win the game, you know, blah, blah, blah. Look, y'all want the tie. Just admit it. Y'all, y'all are you know all full <laughs> of it. But yeah, it, so we were this close of getting that tie. And you know, look, I was waiting for you know the car to kind of like you know play like he didn't know where the ball was and you know you didn't want to try to see if they could maybe somebody blocked it yeah. maybe you know Duran James could probably could have blocked that ball but you know or Bosa could have but it was one of those just one of those things where we were you know it was a great game but we missed out on like something that would have been like awesome that people were yeah. looking for but you know it, it is what it is and now the Rays are back in the playoffs for the first time in about six years and the Chargers once again disappoint yeah, uh, here's the thing. They actually had a field goal kicker, Dustin Hopkins, who missed a 51-yarder early in the game. Mm -hmm. He had a, a, a kick in overtime. He actually made it, which prolonged their season. So you can't blame the, the field goal kicking. I know that's been the Chargers' problem over the last decade and a half or so. But that, as far as the game was concerned, it was a very entertaining game. Uh, as soon as the, uh, the Raiders jumped out to an early lead, the Chargers fall back. The Raiders took the lead again. The Chargers fall back. Uh, especially during the last seconds of the regulation, two for two on fourth down. Of course, Mike Williams had a big catch for the mm -hmm. touchdown to send the game into overtime. Justin Herbert, as we told you guys all year, he's the real deal. But that first time head coach, he's going to have a lot of explaining to do this offseason. I know we can go through that schedule. We kind of did that on Friday, Lakina. Mm -hmm. uh, as I said before, uh, I predicted them to go to the playoffs. Obviously, it hasn't happened, but they won some tough games on the road this year at Kansas City, at Philadelphia, at Washington early on in the year. But they had some bad losses, too, at home, especially to uh, Minnesota 
They lost at Denver. Of course, they lost at Houston, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. which uh, eventually they, they did them. And of course, they lost at at uh, at Las Vegas last night, Vegas, which did them yeah. in. Yeah, you know, definitely some. You know, this is one of those losses again that kind of came back to bite them. But certainly that Houston <laughs> loss, you know, that definitely came back. You know, kind of dug them. You know, did them in. You know, it's sort of one of those days where the stuff like this can get you fired, even if you're just your first time head coaching. The sort of the things that, that he was doing, you know, well, we'll get to when, when Adoras does and does, but yeah, you know, look, he seems like, look, Brian Staley is like a really nice guy. You know, we saw some of the statements that he made through some of the things that went on throughout the season, but you know, we, we, you know, and you know, Chicago, you know, you're going through this too. Nice guys, you know, doesn't mean that you're a good coach. And exactly. We'll see, we'll see next year if they F up next year, you know, in some similar, you know, fashion. He may have to, he may, you may have to think about giving him the boot. But again, that that's, I don't want to say that it was fireable, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, the analytics stuff, you know, just keep it simple. Don't try to be the smartest person in the room. You know, hey, look, look at me. I can do this. No, no, just, just keep it simple. The form, just keep this, just keep the formula simple. Don't, don't try to over, overanalyze, overcompensate. And with the Raiders winning, they entered the playoffs. That's what Kenny said for the first time in six years. Congratulations to Derek Carter because remember, the last time the Raiders were in the playoffs, Derek Carr was having an MVP-type season. He injured his foot uh, mm -hmm. the second to last week of the season against the Indianapolis Colts. Of course, that Raiders team was never the same again. Uh, with that uh, with that loss by the Chargers, that means the Pittsburgh Steelers, Big Ben, uh, extends his career and his season for, for another week. As the Pittsburgh Steelers were face, will face the Kansas City Chiefs next week, but the Steelers took care of business in overtime, defeating the Baltimore Ravens 16 to 13. Big Ben, 30 of 44, 244 yards in a late touchdown pass. Latavius Murray, 16 carries, 150 yards in the score for Baltimore. Mark Andrews, the tight end for the Ravens, eight catches, 85 yards. I did get a chance to watch the majority of this game, Lakina. Uh, it was, as you as we talked about on Friday, Lakina, this could be another uh, a ugly, close game. It turned out that's what it was. Uh, Baltimore, they just didn't have enough juice at the end. Big Ben and the Steelers came up big when they had to. And that's why they're in the playoffs as of now. And also, too, the Indy loss, too, kind of got them back in the playoff hunt mm -hmm. as well. So that all that they had, they needed all that to happen. And that's what ended up happening. So it'll be, and, and look, I think you look, Big Ben, I mean, you won't be able, he won't get a home game, but you got to go at, against KC. But look, like I said before, you know, once you're in a chance, once you're in a dance, you got a chance. So we'll see if Pittsburgh, look, we'll see if who can pull a Tampa Bay. You know, no one had Tampa Bay doing what they did last year. You know, remember, they were, mm -hmm. they were a wild card team. So, you know, like I said, where things happen and look, as for Baltimore, I mean, I think the, the injuries, the injuries just done, did them in. You know, they, yeah. they, they hung on as long as they could, but, you know, Lamar got hurt, you know, various other guys got hurt. Marlon mm -hmm. Humphrey, and once he got injured, that kind of did him in for the defensive side. You know, just way too many injuries. And we'll see if there are going to be some coaching changes. Maybe not necessarily with John Harbaugh, but probably with some of the coordinators. But, again, we'll see. And we like to say congratulations to the Buffalo Bills, the back-to-back -back AFC East Division champions. They took take care of the New York Jets yesterday, 27-10. Josh Allen, 24-45, 239 yards and two touchdown passes. Devin Singletary had two touchdown passes, uh, two touchdowns, oh, rather, one receiving run, one running. He had 19 carries, 88 yards rushing overall. Stephon Diggs had nine receptions, 81 yards, and they scored. 
yeah, I know some people will look at this and say, shouldn't they have killed kicked the, the dead butts? I mean, look, sometimes you may not want to exert too much energy because what if, you know, mm-hmm. what if Alan got in her? What if Diggs got in her? And everybody said, well, maybe they shouldn't have been going, going for it. So I think, I think they did what they were supposed to. I think they were kind of, you know, make sure they have enough energy to, you know, get through the season because they, they, don't, they don't have a buy. You know, it's like the number two seed doesn't have a buy anymore. So, like, you kind of have to sort of, you know, kind of keep your inner, keep, you know, not, don't expend too much energy mm-hmm. so that you can be fresh for the playoffs. So, you know, well, we'll see. I mean, it's it's like I said before. I know people will say, "Well, I'm not, a, I'm not afraid of Buffalo." But look, I, I, look, I think look, mm-hmm. we look weird things happen in wild in wild card weekend, especially. So we'll we'll see if that's the case this weekend. But you know, at this point, I think Buffalo, I think definitely has a shot, especially when they were really, really close to going to the Super Bowl last season. Yeah, and so um, Buffalo, congratulations to them once again for winning the AFC East. Of course, the finals from uh, Saturday's actually the Chiefs got by the Broncos 28-24. The Cowboys uh, dominated the Eagles 51-26. Lakina, one more score before we – ooh, did I do something? What? Oh, uh, I see our screen is, is – Well, I think uh, – well, yeah, well, I think you know, uh, uh, George McCaskey's presser is about to come okay. up in a little bit, so – Okay. Yo, finish your thought, and we'll do the suds and does right quick. Yeah, uh, the Detroit Lions won yesterday. <laughs> Detroit Lions beat the Green Bay Packers yesterday. You remember I picked them on Friday. They beat the Green Bay Packers 37-30. to 30. Uh, Of course, we told you guys on Friday that the Packers started to play a half. That's exactly what happened. Uh, the Lions did something the Bears couldn't do was win their season finale yesterday. So I just wanted to point that out there. So the second time I picked the Lions, they actually uh, did it for me. So they won. And so let's get to our studs and does here quickly. All right. Uh, studs, I mean, you got to give it to the, the, the Raiders. You know, they well, they took advantage of uh, some uh, a bad, uh, we'll say, mm-hmm. uh, a blunder, if you will. So they were able yeah. to, you know, cut a couple of pretty good game there. Game there, uh, Pittsburgh. You know they're they're hanging on. You know, look, Big Ben's gonna hang on as long as he could. So, you know, good for them, and they're going back to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Mike Tomlin has not had a losing season, taking over as head coach. So that's just nothing but nothing short of remarkable mm-hmm. after everything that he went through. You know, with some of his players off the field. Also, to my last one, Sam Fran. You know, fighting back from seventeen down and yeah, coming back to get you know clutch a playoff berth. You gotta love it. Yeah, my three studs are. I'll, I'll do the combination: Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs. Did you see that first touchdown pass yes. on their opening drive? Yes, I oh, did. Oh, that was amazing! That was amazing. So the they'll get my first stud. My second stud will be the San Francisco 49ers, in particular their offense. Uh, they came back to beat the Rams twenty-seven to twenty-four. That those are my second. Uh, that's my second stud. And my third stud, I'll give it to. Tom Brady. I know it, the game was meaningless for Tampa Bay, but Tom Tom, Tom Terrific was still sharp for the Buccaneers. 41 to 17 over to Carolina. Brady was 29 37, 326 yards and three touchdown passes. Two of them to Mike Evans. All right. Well, my bonus stuff I'm gonna give to his teammate Rob Gronkowski. He got his 32nd career mm-hmm. game, his 32nd career game with 100 receiving yards, breaking the tie with uh Tony Gonzalez for the mm-hmm. most such by a tight end in NFL history. So he'll definitely get into the Hall of Fame eventually, too. Mm-hmm. Mr. Gronkowski and that win. Okay, now that the flip side for the duds, I'll keep it short. Indy, what the heck were well, what happened? What happened? It was all there, it was right there Same for here. you. <laughs> it was right there for you. You laid a really big egg in Jacksonville. I don't know what I don't know what was what you guys thinking, but I, I don't know. Um, you know, my my second uh my second dud, uh who the who the hell's that? that second dud, uh Brandon Staley. What were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> also going for it on fourth and one in, on your own 18. Really? 
Really? Really? How dumb can you be, be, be? <laughs> I thought of yeah. I thought you. I, I was going. Yeah, I was going through my head uh, with you saying that. And um, <laughs> like, well, yeah, yeah. That that is yeah. Um, uh, my last uh, uh, New York Giants only because you're bringing back Joe Judge. Really, that's what the reports are. Seriously, I'm sure the other. I was look. I'm sure the uh, Washington, Dallas, and uh, Philly are happy about that. So. <laughs> <laughs> And my my uh, third dud will be the Chicago Bears, and we'll leave it at that. Hour number one is in the books. Hour number two is straight ahead as you're listening to Second City Sports live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Along with Lakina McGee, I am Sydney Brown. When we return, we are supposed to hear from the chairman of the board from the Chicago Bears, George McCaskey, as he addresses the Chicago media. And plus, we'll get to the Chicago Bulls as their winning streak halts at nine games. And we'll preview tonight's uh, college football national championship game between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. Stay right there. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone All right, so we'll jump right in after that. That was the uh, George McCaskey Press. So you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Sydney Brown. I'm the Kingdom McGee. I don't want to get into it because we only got a few minutes left, and we got other stuff we need to talk about real yeah. quick. But it's the same freaking word salad. I'm going to keep it short. It's the same word mm-hmm. salad, and we also want to. Um, I also want to uh, mention this before, if we're going to be those who going to be listening to this on our on the audio feed on War Media, the the following clips you heard was courtesy of the Chicago Bears under the fair 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 use doctrine for education and also analytical purposes. So you know, just a just a, a sort of a, a disclaimer there for those who are going to be let's watch going to be listening to this on our feed. Uh, we are our War Media later on. Yeah, the thanks to the Chicago Bears for lending them, uh, lend them uh, us use their clips. So we thank them one and all. Lakina, just will I'll say this before we move on to the Chicago Bulls. Uh, it's, it's the same old mess that we've been used to uh, listening to and watching, Lakina. And I don't know if you saw my reaction as uh, George was. Uh, he announced that Bill Polian was a part of the search. I said, whoa. I said, didn't we hear the same thing as they were uh, searching for John Fox? Yeah, Ernie Corsi. <laughs> yeah. It's the same playbook, but different people. Yeah. It's, it's, the more things change, I was telling, I was uh, uh, <laughs> between our buddy Josh Hicks, of course, fellow war, war media uh, writer and uh, host. Uh, yeah, as I just said, the, the more things change. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's just, look, yeah. I know, look, he's had his, look, he's had his looks too. He has a Hall of Famer and then this and that. Mm-hmm. He is, but, you know, he didn't, he wanted Lamar Jackson to go to being a running back. He thought that Chad mm-hmm. Kelly was the most talented QB in the draft, you know, for a few years ago. Yeah. Okay. So, okay, you know, you're listening to Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago along with Sydney Brown. I'm McKenna McGee. We're going to talk a little. Talk some Bulls at an at a NBA real quick. Unfortunately, the Bulls lose, lost to the Mavericks, you know, last night, breaking a nine-game uh, winning streak. I mean, look, I know, of course, Bulls fans were already freaking out, and I'm just going to keep it short. Relax, okay? Just relax. <laughs> they had won nine in a row, all right? And uh, I guess 
I don't know who's the I don't know who's the uh, the assistant coach for the mascot. I think uh, Jason Kidd's in uh in COVID protocols, but they they basically double teamed the DeRozan pretty much all game long. Yeah, the the Bulls didn't shoot the ball particularly well, and, and of course they gave up a lot of offensive rebounds. We talked about it before Lakina all season long that the lack of of defense, especially within the interior, is gonna perhaps hold this team back. Hope we know that GM Mark Eversley and Arturis Karnaschovas will be looking for some help in that department come trade deadline time. And so last night's game was a, another perfect example of that. Now, taking a look at the box score for the Bulls last night, you really did get too much production off your bench outside of Kobe White, who had 13 points off of uh, 20 minute, 27 minutes of action. DeRose, as you mentioned, uh, teams are starting to figure him out now. He, only, he had 20 points off of 9-16 shooting. But like you mentioned before, teams are going to figure him out out on how to defend him is on him and the Bulls coaches that to adjust to how teams are going to defend him. Also, too, Vucevic didn't have a great game last night. In 34 minutes of action, he only had 13 points in six boards. His production has to be better than that. Lonzo Ball, I know it's, it's been a couple of games since he's come back off the COVID list. He had nine points and six rebounds and five dimes. And I, I, he's going to get better as he uh, as the days go by after after his uh, bout with COVID, and so I, so Lonzo Ball, I think he's going to be fine, but he still is going to take him a couple more games to get his uh, um, timing back. Zach Levine had twenty points, but he had a seven for twenty one shooting. It just wasn't a good night for the Bulls. I'm not really upset either, Lakina. They're still twenty six and eleven. Who'd have thought that this Bulls team was going to have this type of record at this point in the season? I sure as hell didn't. Now, now it doesn't mean that we still can't be critical at times, but um, this is not like oh, we lost Game Seven and everything is going to rot. Uh, let, let's just take it with a grain of salt. Uh, exactly, and the Bulls have a very tough stress, stretch coming up. Starting tomorrow against Detroit. Remember, they've got a you know they got multiple games to make up you know this mm -hmm. week. So, and they're actually going to be playing some of the top teams. You know, no disrespect to Detroit, but after that, you know, on Wednesday they play Brooklyn. Then on Friday, they play Golden State, who apparently has already won the NBA championship, I guess. You know, both those games are going to be on ESPN <laughs> at home. Uh, Boston, you know, Memphis has been playing pretty well. That's the Martin mm -hmm. Luther King uh, day game at 2.30. You know, we'll, we'll get into that in a second. But, it, mm -hmm. you know, they've got a pretty tough stretch here. And, of course, you know, finish up against Cleveland and at Milwaukee and Orlando and OKC. So they've got a pretty tough stretch these next couple of weeks. So, you know, look, if they can finish 500, I think you'll take it if you're a Bulls fan. So, I'm not worried about this game uh, last night. I mean, I believe I'm not mistaken. I think you know, Doncic, Luca did not play that first game that the Bulls played. I think he was, you know, it wasn't COVID, but I think he had, you know, he was. It might be some COVID issues, so you know, he didn't mm -hmm. play. But it, okay, you know, you got okay nine game. You won nine games. Okay, well, let, you, you're gonna have stinkers every every you know throughout the mm -hmm. season, so it's fine. Yeah, so like I said, I'm not too much worried about the Bulls. Uh, this has been the longest losing streak in the last six, seven years. And so uh, they'll start another winning streak. Hopefully they'll do it tomorrow, uh, like as you mentioned, as they play Detroit from that makeup game from last month or so. This Bulls team is still fine, but uh, we'll see what they do come trade deadline time if they can get some help within the interior. So get a big guy in there to play defense and rebound. And so that's the number one issue with this Bulls team right now. Lakina, just a couple notes from the weekend. Uh, LeBron James. Uh, had another monster game, but the Memphis Grizzlies uh, stopped the Lakers' winning streak last night. Did you check out that two-handed block by John Morant? That was mm -hmm. sweet. 
Yeah, I think he's just on the trampoline a lot. I guess. Um, they, <laughs> I mean, they, they they've had they look. I mean, the uh, the Grizzlies have had the Lakers number, and the the first yeah. time they actually beat him, they he didn't play. He was you know uh, with that that ankle injury. So you know, I, I guess I, I don't know. You just we thought that maybe the Lakers were starting to get it together. You know, this type of thing mm-hmm. happened. So you know, I, I you just don't know what to say about this Lakers team at this point of the season. You know, they basically swept both the the LA teams. You know, the clip they beat the Clippers on you know on Saturday two by fifteen. So mm-hmm. Grizzlies looking pretty good so far. Now, can they keep it up? That's another story. But we'll see. Boston got their revenge against New York on Saturday, beating them by of course losing that 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 tough one. You know, in the game where by RJ Barrett, but they mm-hmm. actually pounded by twenty three points, uh, twenty four points. I should say. Jalen Brown led the way with twenty two. Miami got a nice win on Saturday. They beat phoenix by 23 points um tyler hero had 33 so i know our, our girl lana tekar who's the resident uh heat fan i know she was pretty happy with that with that score and a nice win by miami also to remember jimmy butler still out so that was a nice mm-hmm. win without him but uh yeah what, what else caught your eye this week in the nba uh, congratulations to Clay Thompson. He made his return back to the Golden State Warriors lineup last night, scoring 17 points in over 25 minutes of action. Steph Curry did his thing again. Lakina, I know the, the Warriors beat the Cavaliers 96-82. This is the first time that the Warriors have won a game without scoring over 100 points or more. And so uh, it's going to take Clay Thompson some time to get his game back. But uh, you could tell that the, his teammates were looking for him last night, especially the first few minutes of that uh, of the first quarter. So if the Warriors can find some way to match out Clay's Clay's minutes along with Jordan Poole, Otto Porter Jr., and Andrew Wiggins, and how to space out the minutes of those guys, that team is really going to be dangerous. We we all know that Steph, in my opinion, is the number one candidate for MVP right now, but uh, it's still going to take some time for Mr. Thompson to get his legs under him to get his game back. But, but once that happens, you really have to watch out for this Warriors team. Apparently they've already won the championship. I guess according to some people, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far, but yeah, but uh, but probably another probably one of the biggest upsets of the weekend. Uh, Toronto uh, beating Utah 122-108 on Friday. Fred, Fred Van Fleet had 37 points, and you know his first career triple double. Career triple double. He's a seventh player over the past 25 seasons to go on a personal 15-0 run. You know, that was during the third quarter that pulled uh, the uh, Raptors away from the Jazz. The first two that since Kawhi, you know, back in 2020, that was last season. That was, you know, d- during the bubble, I believe. So, yeah, I, I mean, look, it was a nice upset upset win for Toronto, which they really needed because, you know, with everything that had been happening through COVID and not playing in front of mm-hmm. a lot, oh, like half their, half their capacity, you know, crowd. So, you know, they missed out on a really good show. But if, I'm sure a lot, a lot of people in Toronto got a chance to watch it on television. Yeah, so congratulations to the Raptors. And, of course, the Clippers, they split their weekend uh, 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 home schedule. They lost to Memphis on Saturday, but they got an important win last home win last night against the Atlanta Hawks, 106-93. And the Wizards got an important win over the Atlanta Magic, 102-100. to You're listening to Second City Sports Live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. See you, Lakina here with you. Lakina, let's go through the schedule for this week, including tonight for the NBA, some of the key games. Tonight at 6 on NBA TV, we have Milwaukee at Charlotte. That's at 6 o'clock. We have the Pacers and the Celtics at 6.30. The Spurs will next will do battle at 6.30 at MSG. And at 9 o'clock, we'll have Cleveland continuing their West Coast road trip as they'll face the Sacramento Kings at 9 p.m. Portland and 
Brooklyn will have a makeup game from December 23rd. That's in Portland at 9 p.m. tonight. Phoenix um, Tuesday's game, which is tomorrow. Phoenix starts their their road trip out east you know, with Toronto. That's at 6:30. Mm-hmm. Also, Golden State and, and Memphis. That should be a good one on NBA TV. Of course, Minnesota and New Orleans. Uh, of course, the other Bulls have their game tomorrow night against Detroit, hoping to get back on track. And also, too, should be should be a nice one. That second game of the NBA TV doubleheader. You got Denver and the Clippers. All right, let's go to Wednesday's action because we mentioned the Bulls and the Brooklyn Nets will play at a nine o'clock Chicago time tip on ESPN. Ugh. Anyway, uh, but uh, at six o'clock we'll have Boston at Indiana, Hornets at 76ers at the same time. Of course, at 6.30, we'll have Atlanta hosting the Miami Heat. The first game of that doubleheader on ESPN for Wednesday will be Dallas at New York to take on the Knicks. At 8 o'clock, Cleveland at Utah. That should be another good one. And wrapping up the Wednesday night action besides the Nets and the Bulls on ESPN at 9 o'clock. At the same time, it will be the Sacramento Kings hosting the Los Angeles Lakers. All right, on Thursday, it could be a preview of the NBA Finals, maybe. Uh, Golden State against Milwaukee. Golden State continues there. We'll, we'll start their uh, East Coast road trip in the Midwest. You got mm-hmm. Minnesota and uh, Memphis, the Clippers and the Pelicans, OKC and Brooklyn, and Portland and Denver will be the second game of that TNT doubleheader at 9 o'clock. Yeah, so that's your NBA schedule for this week. And so those are the games you, uh, that you can all watch along. Right, you're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. We're live in Levy College. Sid Lakina here with you, Lakina. Before we get to the uh, preview of our national, the college football national championship game, shout out to our guy Jason Palmer. You can catch what's a Cubs, a Cubs along along with his cousin Lancey Irvin tonight at six right here on Sports Zone Chicago. He says the press conference referring to the Chicago Bears is like watching the movie. Don't look up all over again. The Bears organization is is incompetent. You couldn't have said it any better, Jason. Lakina, you, I know you. we were texting back and forth during the press conference. Uh, you said you were over it, and I pretty much agree with you. So <laughs> uh, so that that's pretty much uh, sums it up about that press conference with George McCaskey. Lakina, let's go to tonight's uh, national uh, championship game for college football. It'll take place in Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, Indiana, between the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Georgia Bulldogs. Lakina, uh, a month ago in SEC title game in Atlanta, Alabama dominated Georgia. Will it be the same story tonight? Oh, do you expect this to be a much closer, tighter contest? Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping it's. I think for all our six, you know, it's the hope is it's going to be a closer contest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know, Bryce Young, I think just hammered you know, that Georgia defense. I'm sure they're going to be a little more prepared. They've got a they had a whole week, they had over a week to prepare Georgia. This, so I'm sure they know what to do. I mean, I know um, Alabama lost a couple of their guys on the. Uh, on the offensive front. So that might be an issue that could help Georgia a little bit that you know, they just got manhandled by Alabama's offense. Um, now, Brian Roberts, Brian Robinson Jr., who wasn't really a big factor in that first game. We'll see if they'll be able to, the, Georgia will be able to slow him down. Setson Ben, I think is, you know, could have probably could, this might be, you know, his time to shine. Um, you know, he wasn't really kind of had his struggles in that first meeting. Um, you know, the defense, you know, we'll see if Alabama, I know Alabama is also without a couple of their, you know, stud guys. So it's going to be very interesting to see where all this goes. But yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be, a. it could come down to the final possession. Who knows? But, you know, it should be a fun one in Indy tonight. 
yeah, I hope we get a classic finish. Of course, I'm rooting for Georgia just because. <laughs> but my, my here's my couple of keys for both teams. For Georgia, uh, that quarterback, Bennett, he has to have a better performance. We didn't see that in the SEC championship game. He needs to turn it around for the, for the offense. He needs to have a better performance. And they need to complement him with a strong running game to keep that Alabama defense honest. On the flip side, for Georgia, they need to pressure Bryce Young, especially early. Get a couple of sacks, uh, get a couple of turnovers. If you can do that, Georgia will have a better uh, chance of winning. On the flip side for Alabama, Alabama continue to run the football. That's what they did in the SEC championship game a month ago. And as far as the, the Crimson Tide's defense, let's see if you can put Bennett on his butt a couple of times. So it's always, it's always going to come, back, come down to turnovers and running the football for both these teams, I believe. Yeah, I think Georgia will try to put pressure pressure on Bryce Young more. I think you know different you know different setting. It's going to be a neutral mm -hmm. setting. It's going to be an indie. So whether in you know Atlanta, you know they were definitely a split, but we'll see if it's split in, in Indy tonight. Mm -hmm. And like I said, it's all going to be about the bright lights. You know these are both young quarterbacks, also their defense as well. I think Georgia's defense that they feel like they have a lot to prove. You know they broke mm -hmm. they broke a lot of broken a lot of records for the first time since you, know, you got to go all the way back to when Herschel Walker was running back on the national championship team in 1980. So they want to bring that bring a championship back. You know, if if you're Kirby Smart, not if not now, when? So you you mm -hmm. kind of have that mindset at this point. So you know it's it's going to be you know it should be a classic one. I hope I think for all of our sakes, you know we get if we got to go through this again. You know let, let's hope <laughs> it is a let's hope it is another classic one. But you know we'll we'll. We'll see what happens. Like I said, it should be a fun one tonight. And uh, yeah, um, they're going to have all different mega casts, you know, on ESPN networks. You know, I kind of tend to stick with the uh, the traditional one with Chris Fowler and uh, Kirk Hurst. I know he, and look, I got on him on some of the comments he made you know, a couple of weeks back. But yeah, you know, we we we'll, we'll talk about that another time. But uh, you know, I like that. I like that. Um, they usually do like a coach's room, but I guess because of COVID, they haven't been able to do that. So it's going to be Chip O'Fisher mm -hmm. and the rest of his staff over at Texas A&M. Of course, you got the home, you got the home fees for both Alabama and Georgia. So you'll have your pick on you can have, you can have your pick on you know who will be you know what your what your preference will be. So make sure you guys check that out tonight. Yes. So as we mentioned, the national championship game will be tonight at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on ESPN. Lakina, uh, we have less than a couple minutes left. We had uh, we have a couple we had a couple of legends in the entertainment world that passed away suddenly over the weekend. Cindy Portier passed away at the age of 94, becoming the first black actor to win an Academy Award. Of course, we had actor and comedian Bob Saget. Uh, of course, he was known for uh, America's Funniest Home Videos, but also at the same time starring in the 80s and early 90s TV sitcom Full House. He passed away at the age of 65. What are your thoughts on those two gentlemen? Well, I wouldn't say suddenly with Sidney Poitier. I mean, you know, he mm -hmm. was 94, you know, had a legendary career, of course, you know, the first black actor to win Oscar in the mm -hmm. league category. Um, you know, Lilies of the Field, Good Morning, Mr. Chips, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. I mean, yes. and, he, and he was probably Uptown one of the first, Saturday night. Uptown Saturday night, among others. I mean, yeah. You know, he kind of took control control of his career when a lot of actors of, of color weren't able to. You know, he picked mm -hmm. the roles. He didn't go with the stereotypical, you know, black roles. You know, he played someone who was intelligent, who was, you know, astute, you know, very, you know. And I, and I think he wasn't afraid to do that. And he's, he did with such poise and grace, you know. He kind of is the opposite of what you would think, you know, the angry black man. He was very calm and mm -hmm. he dealt with racism. He, you, know, you can go through with the clips of some of the, uh, some of the interviews he did at the height of his career back in the 60s. He, you know, of course, uh, in the heat of the night, of course, in the movie version 
uh, with Rod Steiger that, that, that won an mm-hmm. Oscar. But um, for Best Picture, he and Steiger won an Oscar too for lead actor. Was you know, unfortunately, Portia was not nominated for supporting, which he should have. But you know, I think the fact that he had to deal with so much racism and so much you know, visual back mm-hmm. then. I mean, you know, it, it's changed a little bit. It, it's changed a lot. Of course, you got more. You got Hispanic actors, Asian actors, you know, LGBTQ mm-hmm. act, you know, actors and actresses. So, you know, they're still fighting the good fight. And I think he is sort of like the was sort of like the guy that kind of started that fight. And it's continuing. Has it gotten better? Of course. There's a there's a long way to go, absolutely. But you know, you got to commend him for all the work that he's done. He's, I'm sure they're going to honor him at the Oscars, whatever that will be, and and then some of the other award shows that will be coming mm-hmm. up soon. So. You know, also to Bob Sackett, I mean, for me, he was very underrated because of TV dads, Danny Tanner. He's up there. He's right. I don't know how you feel. So he's right there for me with like a top, like three, like top three, top five, you know, TV dads of all time. You know, he was, you know, Danny Tanner yeah. was very calm. He was strict. He was strict at times, but he was also very fair. Mm-hmm. And, you know, look, he'll give, he'll give you another chance if you, if you screw up. You know, but Bob was not like that himself. Let's <laughs> just show you what a great actor right. he. You know, he you know said vulgar things and swore and stuff. And look at you look at the, you read the statements from you know John Stamos, you see Dave Coulier and, and his TV daughters. You know, Jody Sweden, the Olsen twins, and also two cameras, Karen Bure. I mean, she's yeah. she you know posted a really nice tribute on her Instagram page. You guys should check check that out. You know. They, he spent time with uh, with his with his TV daughters as he was with his real daughters. He also had three real daughters in real life. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know he lost he lost his uh, sister Kay years ago with, with scleroderma, which was still a very relatively new disease at the time. You know that he dedicated mm-hmm. his life to doing that as well. So he had a very funny he had a funny side, but he also had a very serious side. So you know this was very unexpected. You know he was only sixty five when he passed. I feel like a part of my childhood is gone. Same know, here. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're the same age, so you know, rest in peace to both of them, and you know, lots of prayers to our families. I'm, gonna, I'm probably gonna be watching a little bit of Full House tonight on some of the. Uh, I know they have uh, Hulu, but also on HBO Max too. I might check a little Full House right before the national championship game tonight. Give a laugh in. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely be doing the same thing. So as we mentioned before, peace and love to both those uh, um, what your, gentlemen. What are, your, what are your quick thoughts on both of both gentlemen? Uh, I guess a Cindy Portier, uh, uh, the th- first thing I thought about when I heard the news, uh, as you mentioned, the heat of the night, the movie, especially for you younger folks listening and watching, that was a movie before the TV show with the late great Carol Con- Connor and Henry Rollins, uh, which, you know, that TV show came about in the 80s. But I remember the movie. I was wa- I remember watching the movie with my mother. I could hear her voice right now. And that famous line uh, that Portier said, they call me Mr. Tips. I can hear her yelling right now. Show that black man his respect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, uh, it's like, yeah, like you said, those roles like that, especially with him, they meant something at that time. You, if any area you want to compare him to was Will Smith when he started in all those blockbuster movies in the 90s and the early 2000s, those roles that both those gentlemen play, they weren't meant for black men. Nope. And so, oh. and, and and they changed the game in, in that sense. So, and that's what I thought about when I thought about Cindy Portier. Of course, uh, guess who's coming to dinner before Bernie Mac made it, made that movie with Ashley Kutcher uh, years mm-hmm. later. Of course, that's one of his last roles before he tragically passed. But I thought of that movie as well. And so, those are iconic movies that changed the landscape of Hollywood forever. So that's what I thought about uh, with Cindy Portier. Of course, Bob Saget. Of course. That's our childhood, Lakina, growing up in the 80s and 90s. I remember watching Full House, of course, TGIF Fridays on ABC. Yeah, yeah that show, Perfect Strangers. Yeah. And of course, Family Matters, Step by Step. Yes, yes. Hanging Mustakuba that came out in the early 90s. Oh, you actually, back then, you actually, it was cool to stay in 
on a Friday night to watch television before nine o'clock Chicago time. It was actually cool to watch those programs because those programs were wholesome, hip, realistic. Topical, yeah. Exactly. So it it reached everybody. So uh, that that was just my initial thoughts when I heard that Bob Saget passed away yesterday. Also, Raising the Sun, too, for City Poitier. Make sure you yes. check that out. I'm sure, I'm sure TCM will probably air that movie, I'm sure, throughout the week. Or, you know, and I'm sure I'm sure it's streaming somewhere, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I think. So, you mm-hmm. know, make sure you guys check that out. Um, and then also, America's Funniest Home Videos with uh, Bob Sagan. I mean, he kind of mentioned into that. That show has still going on, of course, with Alfonso Ribeiro as uh, mm-hmm. the new host. He's been doing it for the last few years. Tom Bergeron before that. You know, he did it for, I think, for like about 10 or 12 years after mm-hmm. Bob Sagan left the show. So... You know, that's still, and actually the, the irony is that the, the news broke on ABC while America's Funniest Home Videos was on right from right then the show. So mm. there is your irony there. So yeah, so both men will be uh, missed. Also, uh, Betty White also too. I mean, you know, we, we all, we'll probably get more into that on Friday, but yeah, you know, we got to we gotta talk about her. So just, it actually, would this week actually would have been her 100th birthday. So yeah. How ironic is that? She passes away before her uh, century birthday. That's just, that's just crazy how life goes but yeah. uh peace and love to all, all, all three of those individuals your legacy will never be forgotten lakina crazy show today but it was a great another great episode in the books mm-hmm. right here on sports zone chicago um george mccassie we'll get into this more on friday uh i'm kind of <laughs> out of breath i'm like yeah. Yeah, i'm out of breath i'm ready to uh, close this great episode on the on a thumbs up but yes. uh there's a long way to go for for the bears to get back to relevance well, and judging by the tweets of some of our buddies who uh, we, uh, you heard, you guys heard them, you know, during the mm-hmm. press, or, you know, Jason Leisure, Mark Grody, um, you know, both, both, both asked some tough questions. Mark Potash just, just, yeah, you know, <laughs> I, that was just hilarious. I love Potsy. Potsy's been doing this for like 40, almost 40 years now. So, yeah. you know, don't, you can't get too much by him. And also John Greenberg you know, from the athletic course, you know, he worked at. A, a ESPN Chicago.com for years. You know, he answered mm-hmm. a question too. Apparently, there was some other stuff that we, we cut away from because you know we were getting sick of it, the word salad. But and plus we were, were running out of time too. So well, yeah, that too. And also, uh, I guess Olin Cruz, I guess his name got brought up too. As also the patch.com article that initially, you know, I guess and it said that you know he was being mm-hmm. let go for it. He said that was he said that was BS, but it was a bunch of word salad again. So I but you know, I, I can't wait to both of last girl buddy Christine Manika, you know, Manica on uh, Friday. I'm sure she'll have her thoughts mm-hmm. on that too. But uh, with that said, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. You can follow the old truly Cindy Brown on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media on social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can follow uh, us, Second City Sports, the podcast version at War on Anchor. We're available wherever you get your podcasts on all podcast platforms. And you can follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Oh, Sid, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little exhausted. Not in a good, in a good way. So uh, enjoy the national championship game tonight, everybody. Um, enjoy. Uh, well, of course, we'll talk about the playoff games, wildcard weekend coming up mm-hmm. you know, on Friday. So and we'll also recap the national championship games. So, you know, all the NBA games, college hoops games, you know, for Sid, I'm Lakina. Stay safe out there, guys. Stay warm. You know, if you're not going to wear, you're not going to get a vaccine, at least wear a mask. It'd be good to each other. This is Second City Sports on Sports Show Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Till, till then, holla!